Welcome to the Data Bites podcast by Women in Data, where we give you your weekly bite-sized dose of career development advice, industry case studies, and career stories to help you excel in your data career. Today, I'm chatting with Queen Tran. Queen has written 150 data science articles and has over 100K views per month on Towards Data Science. She has also written 500 data daily science tips at Data Science Simplified. And her current mission is to make open source more accessible to the data science community. In this episode, we discuss why it's important to share your work, Python tips for individuals at all learning levels, and tips on how to set up your environment and stay consistent to meet your goals. I was inspired by Queen's tenacity and discipline and learned a lot from her in this episode. And I know you will too. Enjoy. Hi, Queen. Thanks for joining us on the Data Bytes podcast. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Hello, um, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me here. Yes, it is such a pleasure because I have been following you for a little while on LinkedIn and the resources you share are just amazing. They are so rich and I think you shared a whole research report of, um, it was like a list of resources for everyone that you would categorize. And I was like, oh my goodness, this could be a book. Like this is such a great resource for people. So really appreciate everything you do for the community, especially into the daily Python tips you share. Um, it's really incredible. So thank you for taking the time now to also talk with us about some of this. Yeah. Um, thank you for um, the nice words. And yeah, I'm very excited to talk with you today about um, you know, anything related to what I share or about my journey. Wonderful. So I have to ask, how did you get started with the daily Python tips? Yeah, I, I read a book that is called Share Your Work. And um, the book said that, you know, no matter how small your or unimportant your ideas are, it's worth it to share your ideas. Um so that's get me started on sharing just a small Python tip every day. Um, so at the beginning, I focus more on, okay, um, it doesn't need to be good, but I want to share my ideas out there. And then gradually, I start to learn what are the good ways to share the ideas that stick. And um, I have been doing it ever since, which is around one year and four months now. Wow. So I love that you took this from a book. Um, we'll definitely link that for people in the show notes. It sounds like a great book for everyone to read. But one year and four months, I mean, for a daily practice, that's quite a long time. Were there any times during that journey where you're like, I don't have the energy. How do I do this? Feel like maybe wanting to give up, not seeing the results of it. Can you tell us a little bit what that process was like? Yeah, um, so I I guess like I could be in that situation, right? Because um, everybody have an up and down day. Um, so there was a time, so I also write articles belong of these tips. And there was a day that I checked my email before publishing my tips and my article get rejected. So I felt very down. And it was hard for me to get over that feeling and start posting on LinkedIn, but I did it anyway. 
Um, so from that experience, what I do now is to never check um, emails, messages, notifications before I post a tip because I don't want anything to affect my mood. And um, yeah, so it's that keep me being consistent um, with my daily tip. And um, it because it's, it's kind of like now to me, it's more like, you know, brush my teeth, right? If, if I don't do it, then it's weird. Um, so it's not that hard anymore to um, keep my commitment. This is really interesting because I think in our society today, we're really relying on instant feedback, right? We A lot of us have Apple watches or fitness trackers, right? We do some workout and we got to check like, what's the feedback? How many steps did I get in? You know, how many calories did I burn, right? We post something mm-hmm. on social media and quickly we're addicted to checking back and looking like, what's the feedback? But you actually found that... Sometimes it's better to not get that initial feedback and that allows you to keep that consistency to keep going, which I think is great to remember that as good as all the data we get coming back is sometimes it's more important just to keep going. Right, exactly. Um, One thing that I, so for my medium articles, I, I write, I think more than 150 articles and um, right now on my feed, it's, it shows that 35,000 notifications that I haven't read because um, I try to stay away from, you know, like it's nice to see how people like my articles, but sometimes people don't really pay attention to my articles and that really get me down. So I find that not checking notifications just push me to keep going because there will be some time that your work is not acknowledged. Some time is good. So um, for me, that works for me because I don't get emotionally affected by what people think about my work, even though I still take the feedback. But in form of comments, I don't really check like how many views or lies for my article every day. I do it like once per month, for example. 150 articles, that's incredible. I'm curious to know what you've seen change in your own life just by having that amount of practice writing, um, whether it be articles or the daily Python tips. Like how has it changed your skills and also how has it changed your communication? Regardless of other people's feedback, what have you seen as the benefit for yourself by sharing your work? Yeah, yeah, um, that's a great question. So um, I start to realize that my skills are unique because, and is, I guess like at the beginning when I write it, it's not very good, but the more I write, the better my um, explanation is. And because of that, um, I get much more, so um, before writing articles, I try to get into data science field. So I applied for about 100 jobs and I got no acceptance. But after I write articles, a lot of people see how good, uh, they see my skills from my articles. So they just reach out to me for jobs. And um, for all of the jobs I have, 
had so far. Um, none of them that I need to went through an interview. Um, so that is great. And another thing is I was able to communicate my um, thoughts and ideas um, with a wide audience. Um, so I feel like whenever I got a compliment on it, I feel very impactful. Um, yeah. Uh. This is inspiring, I think, for a lot of reasons. I mean, I also love that you can quantify all these things, right? Like 150 articles applied to 100 jobs, no response. Like you have measurable outcomes from this of what happened, which is really exciting to see just the results from it where, I mean, I know there's a lot of listeners who are probably in the similar stance of like, I'm applying to jobs and I'm not getting feedback, but your story is inspiring of like, hey, share your work and what you're doing. One, it will help you get better. And then two, it will help the right people notice you, which is fantastic. Yes. Mm -hmm. So switching gears a little bit into Python. So this is what you write about a lot is these Python daily tips. First of all, why Python? Um, because it's my favorite language. Um, my background is math. So, um, there was a time that I want to do research with a math professor and his, the, the main language he used is Python. Um, so I just tried to learn Python at that time to be able to catch up with his research. But now I found that Python is also very useful in data science. Um, a lot so I'm very into exploring um, new and useful GitHub repositories. And I see a lot of the Python, a lot of library for data science uses Python. So it's just kind of natural for me to get deeper into Python. And now that you have gotten really deep into Python, what are some tips you have for people who are starting to learn Python? And I guess let's start with like who are beginning with no knowledge and then we can go into some other areas. Maybe they've taken a class or intermediate. Mm -hmm. What are some tips you have for people getting yeah. started? Yeah, I got this question a lot. Um, so what I often advise people is, you know, if you don't know anything, you need to know something first, right? Um, so either taking a book or reading a book or taking a course. I, For me, I, I prefer book because I can kind of skip the part that I don't care too much about and, you know, dig deep into the part that I care. For the course, it's kind of, you know, you feel more uh, impulsed to follow the curriculum. But um, either one works. I, I know that somebody prefer, they do learn better through courses. Uh, but I often recommend people to just take one courses and then move on. So that's the begin for the beginners because if you keep take one courses after another because you don't feel ready to take on um, projects, then it, you would you will never feel ready because the best way to learn something is to apply it. Um, so and and the period of learning Python um should not be too long. I feel like two or three months is a good period. That's how, I guess, that's how I 
the duration I used to learn Python and it's kind of funner that way. Um, like, and when you learn, don't try to learn everything in Python because that's impossible. Just try to get a basic concept of what is variable, what is function, what is classes. You know, just get the basic. And then once you get the basic, which is, um, then you can, you know, start improve upon what you learn by start doing projects. And um, if you're interested in data science, then um, I think it's good with uh, starting with a topic that you are interested in. Um, list um, several questions that you want to answer, then find the data to answer your questions. Um, then if you don't know how to, if you want to do something, for example, to um, filter some columns, but you don't know how to do it, then you can just Google it and then you will learn uh, on the way. And um, uh, to answer your question, the, I guess like another one is the intermediate uh, learners. I think is they, if they want to move their skills to the next level, then um, they should be more active on GitHub and uh, kind of see what people are doing out there because um, for me, GitHub Fix is very helpful because I was able to see what are new and what are the new research or the new tools out there. Um, and also, maybe try to create your own Python package. Um, and it doesn't need to be difficult, right? Uh, something that you find useful, some snippet code you find useful, and you keep doing it again, you use it again and again, then you can just turn it into a package. It will not only useful for you, but also um, improve your skills significantly. Um, so what I think you're saying then, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, the last thing I want to mention is um, maybe also try to refactor your old code um, because your skill right now might improve uh, a lot compared to your skill a couple of months before. So uh, apply what you learn, for example, functions, classes, um, to make your old code cleaner uh, look more readable. Um, I, I think it's an important skill to have. So what I hear you saying is if you don't know anything, start with a book or a course just to get some of that base level awareness, depending on what you prefer. Do you like to read? Do you like to watch videos and hear lectures? Start with that. And then don't stay in the course book phase too long. It's really important to move into that practice phase because then you can fill in the gaps with Googling things. Um, working on projects is a great way to be able to practice. And then from there, start to look into how other people are doing it through GitHub. I love the idea of refactoring old code. I think it's really cool to see like how when your thought process may have changed through the months or the years of practicing. And it's a great way to see the progress you've made and then celebrate your success. So I think those are some really, really good tips. And I'm guessing you probably use a similar process, um, which is your content creation of, do you ever go back and read old articles and say, wow, I've improved so much in terms of how much I'm writing, kind of 
in terms of refactoring your code, you're refactoring some of your articles. Yeah, so, uh, yes, definitely. So, like, if I read the article a couple of months ago, um, I a lot of time I'm not very satisfied with what I wrote. And I often ask myself, like, why did people even like this article? Um, but, you know, so... I guess I don't. I I change some words that are not, uh, that are incorrect. But I don't really change the entire article because, um, I I think it's it's better to move on to the new article so that like because the the old article there's not a lot of views on it anymore. So it might be more worthy for me to invest my time on the new article that there will be, um, a lot of new readers. So you make a good point about something I think a lot of us struggle with is like making a draft of an article or a post or something to share information and feeling that it's good enough to be done and share. Like a lot of us get into this analysis paralysis or these editing modes where we could continue to edit and edit and edit. How do you not get stuck in that cycle and just be like, hey, it's good enough for now. I'm going to share it and I'm going to keep moving and going on. Like do you time box yourself or like, I can only write this for one week and then I have to share it no matter kind of where it's at or uh, what's your process. Yeah. That's a good question. So for me, I'm a little bit as of like a perfectionist in writing actually, uh, but I try to get over it by, you know, okay, um, I need to, because my deadline is every week, right? So I cannot just stay for long. I cannot just, keep editing it because I, my, I set the deadline for myself is at maybe at the end of the week. Um, so I, you know, so I, for an article, I always try to, I guess the process of editing for me is I run an article, I let it sit, not reading it because I know that it's always better to read at what you uh, roll a couple of hours later or one day later so that you have a fresh eye. And then I edit it again. And then um, I would, um, yeah, so, so I if there's something that is not clear, I would add more graphics on that. And my final destination is my husband. I'll have him uh, read my article even though he's not really technical, but if he understand it, I know that my readers will understand it. So, and then I, I publish it. Um, so, so that's the process. I love it. I love that you have your husband read the article, even though he's not technical. I think that's a great litmus test. I think sometimes we forget how helpful our non-technical partners or friends can be. They're usually the best to prove for you to see if it makes sense because they're coming in with a fresh perspective. So that's a really good tip for people. So you have a deadline, um, mm -hmm. but how do you still find the time, right? So mm -hmm. let's say your deadline's on Sunday. I don't know when your deadline is, mm -hmm. but sometimes weeks just get really busy. Like how do you find mm -hmm. the time to make sure you carve out the right amount of time to be able to continually hit that deadline? Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, funny how you know I, I feel like it's magical in a way because if 
I feel like if I just set a goal to finish it, then somehow I'll I'll finish it, even how ambitious that goal is. Um, and I think the reason for that is because, for example, if I say I'll do one article this week and I'll do five tips this week and um um I'll do video like yeah. By the way, I'm I'm have a YouTube video as well. I'm just started, but um. Yeah, so video, and because I set the goals for those, I just be able to kind of filter out the tasks that are not important. Uh, for example, I ask myself, okay, if I have a deadline, which is the article today, is it important for me to check my email? You know, um, is it important for me to check a LinkedIn notification, right? Um So I, I was just able to filter out the tasks are not important because I have a clear um, understanding of what is my priority. Um, so somehow, and I think it's kind of interesting. And another thing I think that helps me was when I work, I don't, you know, I turn off all my phone notification. Um, and I think... When I do that, I was able to focus on the work and uh, finish it very quick, um, compared to an a, a normal person who like have their Facebook on one screen and you know their um, their work on on one screen. Um, so I I think because of that, it helps me to produce a seven map work in the less map time. Yes, so set the goal. And put your phone on silent or do not disturb mode. It sounds like yes. I, I do appreciate all the new tools that are coming out in terms of being able to lock ourselves out of applications. As long as we have the best intentions, or at least I should speak for myself. I know I do, but oh, it can be so easy to want to pick up your phone and, and check up email and, and social and whatnot. But use the tools yeah. we have available to help limit that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was wondering. I know that you have something called a think week, right? Um, so how do you kind of block yourself from external um, factors so that you can focus on thinking for that think week? Yes, I'm glad you mentioned my think week because I'm getting ready to take another one here soon. I love think weeks because just as you like to shut off notifications so you can mm -hmm. focus on writing an article, I like to do that for a whole week long. So it gets me in that deep thinking state, right? Instead of that quick doing task, it allows me to really think deeply about a problem, to brainstorm, to research, etc. So how I do this is I treat it with my team somewhat like I'm going on vacation, right? I will block mm -hmm. off my calendar so no one can schedule meetings with me. I put on an out of office. I tell people, hey, I'm on a think week. I have access to emails, but I probably won't be checking them. <laughs> My team can address it and they know how to get a hold of me if there is an emergency. Otherwise, I will not be answering your emails this week because I'm on a think week. And I tell people that so they kind of know where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And so that takes it care of it from the work side. I do the same thing from a personal side, right? So I let people know, hey, I'm on a think week. Um, please give me a week to respond. And most people are fairly understanding. Then it comes to the 
me actually doing the work and staying on the think week, right? Yeah. I can put up the barriers and the blocks of that. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I will do is just delete applications off my phone that will distract me during that week. So you can uninstall LinkedIn. You can uninstall Instagram. All of these mm-hmm. can be uninstalled for a week and they will be right there when you come back. And so just setting up those boundaries before you start this process is really essential. Mm-hmm. I think what you said is important. Um, it seems like you, you you set up the environment that is ideal for um, the thing with, because I think, you know, if you just keep your, the calendar, like your, your calendar free or like the apps in your phone is much harder to resist yourself from the temptation to um, check those notification so i think it's not about um your willpower but it's more about your um how do you set up your environment exactly that's such a great point because i think we also have to understand too that when we're using our willpower it's taking a portion of our brain function and we only have so much brain function in a day Mm -hmm. and so much energy to spend and so i want to make it as easy as possible not where my brain function and energy is having to be spent in not getting distracted, right? right I want that right. to be set up for thinking. So I'm going to set myself up for success in that way. Yeah, that's a good idea. So for those who are just getting started in sharing their work, um, I think you've made a really compelling argument in terms of why it's important for us to share our work, whether it's a small idea, a big idea, there's a lot of benefits to it in terms of one, not only being able to get hired, but just to work on our skills and to get better communicators and get better practitioners in the skills that we're learning. So what advice do you have for those who are looking to get started really sharing their ideas and work more? Yeah. So um, I would advise people to start small. Um, Don't try to be perfect at the beginning Um, and also don't try to figure out what your brand would be because um, you're going to figure it out eventually. Like for me, I I just kind of share small tips and I eventually figure out that what people recognize me as is a person who share Python and data scientists in a very simple um, way. Um, and also at the beginning and for quantity, it, uh, instead of quality, it, it sound, may sound kind of um, counterintuitive, but it works for me at the beginning when I first write article. Like if you look at, back at my first few articles, it's very simple. It's so short. Um, but then because of that, it gave me the momentum to keep going and then It, it turns out that the more I write, the more I, I don't know, the, the harder it is for me to s- stop. So I I have more bandwidth to um, invest in high quality article without being scared of losing the motivation. motivation. It all almost reminds me of like exercising and training for a marathon, right? So when you... Mm-hmm train for a marathon, you start off with little runs every day. And then maybe on the weekend, you take a longer run. And then slowly over time, those miles still 
start to increase. But the whole point of it is yeah. just the consistency of running. You don't start off mm-hmm. running the full 10 miles, start off running one or two miles. And I think that application you use in this space as well is really beneficial of like, hey, I started with small articles and now I've worked that muscle so much that I can write really long articles or really long posts because you've had that consistency of practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I heard, I think I read a book where like a woman wants to start doing exercise, but she kept losing the motivation to do it, um, to do it. So what she did was she just go to the gym. She, she, she said a go to go to the gym and then come back, you know, she don't need to do any exercise. She just need to go to the gym and come back. But then when she was at the gym, then it's kind of weird for her not to do exercise. So, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, you, you said you, you just try to aim like I'm going to do a little bit, but then it will increase um, eventually. That is such a great tip. I've never heard anyone do that. I'm just like, get to the gym. But that's the funniest thing because to me, the hardest part of getting my workout in is getting to the gym. Like once I'm there, it like uh-huh. all happens and it's easy. So I think uh, that's a really good tip for people of like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe you just start by opening up the paper, right? And every day you get in that practice and who knows, eventually you'll get tired of staring at that blank paper and you'll start writing. Right, right, exactly. Love it. That's a great tip. Well, Queen, this has been a great discussion. I really appreciate all the advice and insight. I hope you've inspired some people to get out there and share their work. If you're ready, we can move into the rapid fire questions. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. What song do you currently have on repeat? Um, My way of Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. I love it. Um, What's the favorite place you've traveled? Um, Mexico. Um, I was in Mexico in 2021, uh, starting on January for studying abroad kind of thing. Um, I didn't know any Spanish, but people there are very friendly. And I was on the bus and they just kind of, you know, talk to me and um, very friendly with me. Uh, and I actually, my best friend is... Um, I still keep in contact with a person in Mexico. He's he's become my best friend. And uh, it was very fun for me to be in Mexico because the food is great and the people are friendly. And um, I find it's very relaxing. The pace is more relaxing compared to America. So it's like a mini vacation for me, even though it's study abroad. Yes, I agree. Mexico is one of my favorite places, and I, I hope I get to the chance to move there and live there someday. So, All right, next question. Happiness is? Um, happiness is, the, is being able to get over your comfort zone and uh, achieve what you and, and actually do what your heart desires. In the next five years, I hope to. In the next five years, I hope to uh, be able to recognize as um, a person who share Python and uh, data scientists in very simple manner. Um, I also started my YouTube channel last week, so I hope to grow it um, 
as big as my medium or bigger than my uh, medium uh, channel. Um, and I also have to have a house by then uh, and move to somewhere warmer. Maybe Mexico, huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah, too cold here. Yes. Okay, and last but not least, to me, curiosity is? Um, to me, curiosity is um, to have the burning desire to answer some questions that um, might, that is useful for you, but might not be useful for others. Perfect. It can be silly for others to uh, answer the question, but it's, uh, it makes sense for you to answer that question. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with us today. What's the best pe way for people to connect with you and continue to learn more about your work and, and get those daily Python and data science tips? Yeah, um, I think the simple way is my website, my LinkedIn. Um, so in my website, I send a newsletter every three days and I post a new post every day. So it is called mathdatasimplified.com and um, my LinkedIn is uh, Queen Chang. Um, I don't know how to uh, we'll say that. We'll make sure we include it like, in, the, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to stay up to date on all your tips. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Please stay curious and keep learning and we will chat with you next time. If you're looking for more resources to further your data career or find your tribe, we encourage you to become a member at womenindata.org. See you on the other side.